0: We are recording on Saturday, the 28th of May, 2016. Well, what do you know about that? It's Saturday. As you can see, if you're on the video, hey, hey, I've got some light in the room because the sun's still out. So how good's that? Does the picture look better or what? Oh, I need some lighting, I think. All right. Well, those are on the the, uh, podcast. You don't give us stuff, do you? All right. You can find us on the TuneIn Radio app. You know TuneIn Radio. Old friend, it's available everywhere. Just search up Aussie Tech Radio and you'll find G'day everyone, it's episode four hundred and podcast wall to wall station, if you like. So tune in on there. It's has uh, been going great guns. Uh what can I tell you? It's been doing maybe about thirty gig of streaming a month, which is quite pretty good. That's Better than one, isn't it? Alright, you'll also find us on Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. And uh, if you want to go to the webpage, it's au forward slash podcast. Follow us on uh, at Aussie Tech Ed's, me at Glenn Goodman or the news feed at Aussie Tech News or Mr. William Tomkinson at Mr. Tomkinson. And speaking of Mr. Tomkinson, here he is. Hi, Will. Hi, mate. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. We're in uh, Hangouts this week.
1: Hanging yeah, out.: Well Skype's decided to freak out, so we're we'll trying to hang out and I'll tell you what they've really done some improvements. They have the picture is looking good, but
0: that might be because it's daytime and but yeah, it's not going too bad. It's good. Audio's clean.: It is. It is. It'd be interesting to get uh, when we get another couple of guys on because remember the hangout used to have that, the dodgy transition between people when it changed shots. It went to a low res yeah. high res. They reckon they,
1: they reckon, well, see now you can actually change all that side of it too. You can change your resolutions as well, which is good. So people on lower bandwidth, uh, like yourself, you're you're receiving my signal at seven twenty because I've got decent upload, so you can you can get my seven twenty P video. But coming back to me, you're sending it back to me at three sixty. Yeah. Which uh really helps improve the the smoothness of the, of it, everything, mm. so it 's quite a nice way of doing it mm. got a slight little tick uh
0: in in your audio i don 't know what that is, but we 'll see how that
1: goes it's... I actually think that is a i think currently the house is having a earthing issue with the earth shielding in the in the actual house because all my audio my tv my stereo uh, everything has a slight ticking in it so i think okay. there's something leaking into the uh earthing system somewhere. so so i uh, so you can can you hear it yourself yeah
0: yeah so just every time every now and then you speak it's like a yeah sort it's of actually
1: thing. It, it, it's in my that's what I mean, it's in my computer it's in my right. stereo in my tv it's in everything it's uh it, it sounds like there's just a bad grounding something's mm. not quite right well you'll be out of there soon enough yeah, well, so. that's it. <laughs> well, everyone goes
0: to plan. That's right. All right, don't forget, uh, we are brought to you by A.T.H., Aussie Tech Eds, athwebhosting.com.au, shared web hosting services. Uh, you can install WordPress, get yourself up and running with a blog. I don't know, three clicks, maybe, or once you sign in. One, two, three, be under 10 anyway. Little bit of typing, under ten, easy. Heaps of YouTube videos, obviously, uh, with WordPress and uh, Joomla and all the other things, Drupal, all that sort of stuff. All right, uh, all other shows that you may like: Aussie Maxone, Garth and Michael do a uh, show every week as well. Talk about all things Apple. Michael, he's a he's an authorized, certified, authorized whatever Apple technician, so he's got his finger on the pulse. And Garth is just a is a great little Apple fanboy. And don't forget, oh, Aussie Tech Security, that's in a little bit of a hiatus, I think. Uh, just trying to get someone to step in for me. I'm just really busy for the next eight weeks or so. And that's hence, this is why the, the Thursday night podcast is now a Saturday afternoon podcast, for this week at least. Uh, yeah, so uh, just work has just got involved in the way. Damn work. And yeah, so I won't be... Uh, we'll, we'll see how we go. We're still going to produce it weekly if uh, Will or Eric or whoever we can get is available. Uh, other shows, well, we can talk to Will about Obsidian Life at old fart geeks but I think uh, work gets in the way of those too doesn't it will
1: yeah it, it's uh, it's timing issues because I'm working one set of hours and Warlock's working an entirely different set of hours so at the moment it's just uh, it's one of those you know one of those things where it's nobody has the time when someone else has the time mm, yes that's right but they're, they're not abandoned but by any chance they still are Wow. If you follow the Facebook and the Twitter, you'll see they're still actively being updated, but uh, mm. we just don't have the time for the podcasting. They're
0: they're in, in mid season breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, let's flop on out into the first story. Now the US. Now the, <laughs> I mean, it is you know, a nice day for it. Well oh, it is, especially this first story is all about flopping. Uh, the. Uh, We've talked about this before. We all know about this, but it's reared its little head again. The story's come up again. The United States uh, National Auditor has found the government is propping up decade-old systems at the expense of innovation. Spending so they spend 61 billion dollars on uh, updating old systems. Uh, of so they're spending 61 billion of the 80 billion allocated to it on uh, on the maintenance. So that's that's high. Now, what they're doing is this story, why it's come up again, is because it's the nuclear weapon system uses
1: the 8-inch floppy disk. My goodness. Do I have a picture? Well, of it? we knew about that because we did a story. We did that, oh, be 12 months ago now. Yes. But apparently, they didn't know about it in the States. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they don't, do they have the internet over there? Oh, I don't yeah, know. but not
1: one that works, it seems.
0: Now, the... Uh, they cited the example of a of nuclear weapon platform used by the Department of Justice which runs on an IBM Series 1 computer. The 16-bit machine.
1: You A 16-bit, jeez. Well, series, series 1. Well, what was the PS2? That was a th- 386, was it? No, that was a 286 two, or 386. PS... Oh, so I not have a clue. The, so the ps one's going to be, yeah, like 386, like SS16 or something, tops. Yeah. I don't know, but it's sixteen Probably bit not even actually no sixteen bit. Hang on, isn't that XT? Yeah, that's old. Sixteen. That's bit That's like XT. Yeah, because after that it went after the AT series, which was your two hundred eighty six and onwards. It was thirty two bits. Yeah, so that's got to be that's got to be an XT processor. <laughs> that's <laughs> like my very first computer was was an XT, and I could like write documents on it.
0: <laughs> well, it just goes to it makes you wonder is like if this is an old 16-bit use 8-inch floppy disks like what's the security like how can it handle well, like actually, 256 well actually the security
1: would be ideal because it would be completely isolated so it's not going to be able to be accessed from outside and it's going to be security through obscurity it's it's basically going to be incredibly secure because nobody's going to have the technology to well, maybe... to uh, make work with it well you might have hit the nail on the head there will Maybe that's what the the go is. Do
0: you think that's well, what I mean,
1: they... assume, let, let's assume... I, I, I can almost guarantee you there's still 8-inch floppy drives and disks in production because I know that you can still buy brand-new 8-inch floppy drives. So I'm assuming you can still buy the disks. So as long as they cycle their disks every couple of years and keep them on fresh media, theoretically, the system's 100% secure. I'm just going to try and find... Here we go. Here's a, a picture. It doesn't
0: sort of give you an idea of exactly how big how big how big the discs are because it doesn't um it doesn't show you against anything but you've got the well i suppose if you know how much the three and a half inch was you know fits in the in your hand then you got the five and a quarter which is the orange one there in the middle and that you think that's big enough what five and a quarter be the size of a oh (laughs) Yeah, and then you got the eight inch.
1: <laughs> Basically, two of my phones, pretty much one on top of the other, would be five and a quarter.
0: Yeah, and then the eight inch would so, be say an old forty five record sleeve. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, so uh, look, there's there's a picture of some of the, the drives, but yeah, so that's how all the tech is. So tick sixteen bit uses eight inch floppy disks for storage and date back to the seventies. Now, defense also joined the commerce, treasury, health and human services, and veteran affairs department to be outed. As they're still using Windows three point
1: one, so uh, they love they love their old tech over there. Yeah, it's um. Well, the watchdog similar called out the Justice Department because they're using they're still using COBOL, COBOL rather. Uh, yes, which is it's, well, anybody who's been in tech for well, happy twenty years, if you haven't oh, been more. in for that long, you're not going to know about COBOL. <laughs> no, well, COBOL, what's the, that? That was well, probably I mean, a seventies. but I mean yeah. it's still probably relatively active. Fifteen years, twenty years ago, I guess, but yeah. So they're still using that. Um, the uh, transport department. So the are still using Cobalt base for administrative inmates and uh, tracking the the forty old platform is still used by transport department to track incidents involving hazardous materials, um, and the use of Windows two thousand and three servers for homeland security. Nice. I wonder what uh, email server. Hillary
0: was using. I wonder if she had to dive into the archives.
1: What was the Windows? The Windows three point one, um, three point one one. Yeah, that had an email. Was it AOL? Um, yeah, it had an email server built into it. it was probably that. Yeah, um, right. But I mean, <laughs> but that's why she's in trouble. She's
0: used. She's probably used server two thousand and twelve. That's what. No, Hillary. No, you had to use server. Three point one one.
1: I mean,
0: well, I look. just all I can say is I wish they hurry up and got rid of the three point one uh, software because I'm am sitting on mine. I'm waiting for it to become valuable. to become rare, and it's not going to become not going to become rare if people are still
1: using it, is it? So there's hurry um, up. If, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Windows three point one one is like what nineteen ninety two, something like that. Um, but it. Um, there is actually an emulator on Windows. If you type in Windows 3.1 um, browser, um, there's actually an emulator uh, built in to a, to a browser and you can have a play with it. There's Windows 3.1 and Windows 95, so you can see exactly how far we've come. And given this isn't... Oh, I suppose it's 20... What? It has to be 25 years ago, something like that now. So...
0: Yeah. Oh well, happy birthday, 95. That's that's still that's past. 95.
1: Yeah, well, that's 95. It was twenty. Yeah, that's 21 years ago now.
0: Start Windows 95?
1: Okay, I better not touch anything. better not click anything. I might start, Yeah, that's the, might reboot. that's the emulator. It'll work. No, no, it just loads up Windows 95 in your browser.
0: Does it? Oh, well, let's have a look. Yeah. Here we go. Blame Will if it goes wrong. Are you sure the... Under- What's this? Are you sure you understand the ramifications and are willing to proceed? You may be violating copyright yeah. law. Because technically it's uh, it
1: wouldn't be a licensed copy of Windows. Oh, Okay i got a story about licensing as well uh, this week. So, but it looks like this is going to... Yeah. It will take a while. It's 135 megs, so it's not going to happen overnight.
0: Oh, right. Well it's, got to, well, it's Windows 95, so it's got to go back 16 or 10 but years, just
1: remember that 20 years. It was funny. I saw a post on Facebook the other day saying that um, someone put a thing up, Windows 8 on you know 125 floppies or something. I'm like, well, Windows 3.1 was on f- three floppies. Windows 3.11 was on four floppies. Windows 95 was on 8. Mm. Um, then Windows 98 came out on 15. <laughs> Remember Windows 90,
0: even 95. Did you, well, you still... had 95 and then you had
1: 95+. plus.
0: Yeah, but it was 95. You still needed to install the CD driver first. Yeah, because before... it was still DOS-based. So even 98 yes. was the same. Yes. Although
1: by no... 98, if you, you could still install off floppy, but it was smart enough to install off... Auto bootloader. But 95, you had to install, um, you had your your boot disk, which installed your auto accept.bat and your config disk, which loaded your atapi.sys to load your CD ROM mm. to load your Windows. Or you could install it off eight floppies, which were not copyable because they were 2 meg floppies. They were 1.44, but they were specifically formatted. Right. Um, which was a right royal pain because the Windows discs were the worst quality discs you can imagine, and after you used them twice, they never worked again. Well, nothing's um, changed, has it? And they couldn't, you couldn't, well, you could, there were ways of doing it, but you couldn't just do a standard disc copy because they were two, formatted at a 2 meg level. So, yeah, you had to have all these workarounds.
0: Yeah. Oh, Microsoft's That's good back for... in the
1: day when X-Tray Gold ruled the world.
0: No, extra. I what did I use? I used the, something like... Uh, Something called STS or something. had them, oh, yeah. Had, like, the, the dual, you know, drive A on this side, drive B on this side. Yeah. Way before it's time. Yeah, it
1: was, like, a extra gold had a similar sort of deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, well, enough of the reminiscing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, I'm you... going
1: to do an old party episode and it's your fault.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we don't want to go there, not today. Uh, now, where is where are you up to, Will? What have you got this week that took your fancy? Um,
1: yeah, so there's a, there's a few... things. <laughs> Quickly, just touching on Telstra again. Yeah, Um, what's going on? You know, they're having a great week. They've just revealed another broadband outage was triggered by a bungled software update, again, for another domain name server, again, which triggered a previously unknown fault, apparently, in some customers' modems. So this time it actually managed to destroy your modem. Um, So basically, it was all ADSL. uh, A lot of the new – it wasn't affected in cable. It was only the NBN or the ADSL connections. Um, and basically, the short story is they've sent everybody out a new modem because it's impossible to fix your old modem. Apparently. So um, what happened? They, they sent through a, a what? They sent through a, 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 they, a they updated the D, the DNS settings, which um, basically, from what I can gather in this article, it doesn't go a lot of. But basically, it destroyed the heartbeat, um, which if any, the way. In the old days, when you had a dial-up modem, um, if the line sat quiet for like five or ten minutes or whatever you had to set to, it would disconnect. Mm. So that was when they introduced the heartbeat system, which was literally just a two-way communication between the server and, and you to let you know that it was still an active line. And every time that it heard this noise, it would reissue, re-issue the stay awake command for an next period of time. So they do exactly the same thing in ADSL modems, in NBN, in cable. Nothing's changed. They still require a heartbeat. And what they did was they changed the way the heartbeat had been triggered um, and the these particular batch of modems the 370,000 or so um, were unable to um, be unable to log in at the time but of those yeah basically because it messed up the heartbeat so mm-hmm. you'd log in you'd surf for two minutes it would kick you off you'd log in you'd surf two minutes to kick you off Because it couldn't, it didn't have the stay alive thing working properly. Um, So basically, what they've had to do the sound three hundred seventy thousand users, which is about roughly ten percent of its of its broadband database. um, They've had to send out new modems because it's impossible to fix the system. Apparently, that's just so Um, crazy. I I was just looking for a. a, uh... A, a, something to show you but I can't find it but the, yeah that's just um, that's that's crazy the stuff talker was saying that after customer feedback had shown users would not be interested in receiving another data free day no yet it happened basically uh, so they decided that customers will receive 25 affected customers will receive $25 credit on their bill that's well so, no I, I don't know I I think you so, should start, so, you, start so you're not
0: getting a data free day but you get $25 back they need so. to start paying up more
1: I reckon that's uh, that's look you know I like mean, if the, you're a business like it's okay for the home user it's no big deal you don't even there for a day whatever mm. but if you're a business whether it's a home business or a, or an office or a major corporation or a small business actually small businesses are harder hit than anyone else because they don't have redundancy a big business will have 3 or 4 or 5 or 10 or 20 connections simultaneous connections yeah um a, a small Home, op- home office or a small office or a small business will only probably have one internet connection and if that internet connection goes down mm. and especially like us at work all our Vo- we're all on voip so we don't have a hard line it's all voip so if we would lose- you but as
0: being a business would you be on like you'd have a sla or something with them is that right? Like, would you be on something where you could say, well, you've, you know, we've been down for a day. You, that's
1: going to cost you guys 500 bucks. Well, so we're with Commander. Oh, okay. Um, and Demand a Commander. The phone, they, they do phone and internet. Um, but if, they're, see, they're a reseller, so if the internet goes down and it's not something they've done and they're not liable, then no. If it's something they've done and they've messed something up, then, then yes. yeah. So it really, but I guess with Telstra being the end line, then theoretically it should be. But having said that, a lot of small businesses to save money. And this is the difference. See, there are business plans and there's he- residential plans. The business plans are dearer, but there's a reason they're dearer. And that's because they do incorpor- uh, <coughs> incorporate those sort of um, fallbacks. Yes. Whereas a residential does not. So most small businesses and um, Just about all the ones I know are all signed up on a standard residential plan because it's cheaper. It's 30, 40, 50 bucks a month cheaper. Yes. So you're not signed up under a business contract, which technically means right from the get go, you're actually in breach of the contract. So pretty much anything they do from that point on, you just have to live with it. Yes. Well, that's right. So, uh, well, you know, I suppose
0: if you're in a business and you rely on your FPOS, which obviously most would, just make sure you read your terms and conditions, make sure on the right plan, if something happens, if things go down, but, uh, what do you do now then, Will? If do you still have a manual FPOS system? You still have the click clack machine, or that? Well, we've
1: got yeah, they have still got the man- mechanical, but we've got a we've got two um, FPOS at work. They're both Wi Fi, three uh, G. Yeah. Um, one is through Vodafone, and it's been working perfectly fine. Um, and one is through Optus, and it hasn't worked in two weeks because Telstra screwed the routing of the two G network, which is what. The, the Optus card we're using in our in our Fpos uses the two G network from Telstra. Well, not they share they sort of share the network. Yeah, um, and because Telstra cocked up all the back end, the Optus two G hasn't been working. So anybody with an Optus uh, Fpos hasn't been able to use it.
0: No good. Now, last year cyber attacks cost businesses more than four hundred billion dollars, and it's not just the you know, obviously the immediate uh, consequences that that causes. Uh, but breaches to a company's security can have a powerful ripple effect. Enterprises can suffer damage to the reputation, irreparable harm to hard-earned customer confidence, etc., etc. More on that in the Aussie Tech Security. But so I'm not going to give that show another plug now. I'm doing a story. Because one in five Australians use pirated software, apparently.
1: Yeah, The heading in this... Who? I don't know anybody... Who's ever
0: even thought about using pirated software? No. Well, I, I can. I know that. <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> well, in the past, but look, I can. Uh, you've heard me say this before, but yes, in the past. But once I bought and I started buying Windows from probably XP, uh, or did a bit. You know, you, you download XP for a bit. Uh, every now and then, every whatever, it would just crash, blue screen, crash, blue screen. But then I started buying it. I went bought XP, Vista. 7, I've bought them all and I've had nothing but good reviews because it's they just don't crash
1: too much. I know Wills does, but I think that's his hardware somehow. Well, I bought Windows 8 and it's completely unusable on two computers and Windows 10 doesn't work on either of them either. That's got to be your hardware. works perfectly on the laptop, but it doesn't work on my, either of my PCs. Mm. But anyway... a crack copy of Windows 7 works perfectly. So there's a
0: survey, okay, from a global the global software survey now 39% of software installed on computers around the world last year was not properly licensed now do you think now i'd probably have to try and differentiate between non-licensed yeah, and that's what I was pirated to say. yeah so you know the headline of this story pirates 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 but then when you get into it it's just unlicensed so what, yeah. what would that mean that would be well but, that,
1: that, that could even be trial software I mean, if you've downloaded something that's got a 30- or 60- or 90-day trial, it's not licensed until you activate it. Hmm. Yes, but but it, but it would deactivate after 30 days, or depends. Yeah, but it's, it's saying not licensed software, and that's not licensed until you use it. Hmm. So the survey found the worldwide rate
0: is 25%, a full one in four for the banking, insurance, and securities industries, uh, CIOs estimate that 15% of their employees load software onto the network without their company's knowledge, and nearly double the percentage of workers say they are loading software onto the network. I
1: was going to say, i guarantee, guaranteed it's double
0: that. <laughs> yeah. And 20% of Australian uh, computers using are running unlicensed software on their machines. So unlicensed, yeah, Will's probably right, but what you're, you're, you might pay for something and it you know, it's probably got a perpetual or an annual
1: renewal fee and maybe it just doesn't... I mean, you look at something like, take uh, BizWiz, for example. It's a business point-of-sale software. not bad software, you know, but it's on a monthly, quarterly or yearly subscription. Um, The software is fully functional without that. Um, You just can't do a few things like a lot of your online side of it, but the actual software works perfectly fine. So you can use that software without a problem, without actually... Um, ever paying the fee to use it hmm. because it's not it's not, it's almost like um what do they call it you had shareware freeware and what was the other one I trial trialware
0: shareware trialware?
1: yeah there was shareware which was basically a a cut down restricted like of a game for example it'd be the hmm. first couple of levels of the game freeware was something Just that was obviously free, free. unrestricted and, and you could use and you could pay if you wanted to but you didn't have to um, which I guess we call open source now. Um, and then trialware was full unrestricted access for 30 days or 60 days, and then it would lock it down and still be functional. But see, this is the other thing too, because it could still be functional, but just restricted access. Like if you've ever used um, uh, Office, for example, and after 30 days it runs out, it still works. There's just a lot of things you can't do. Mm, yeah. um, or Vidblast is another one. VidBlaster is completely functional just with a watermark logo over the corner of the screen until you buy the licensing. So is that, that's a good example because VidBlaster is unlicensed when you use it because you have to purchase a license to unlock it. Hmm. So they're getting their terminologies really, really balked. Cool. Well, another... another
0: uh... Potential incident, maybe maybe this is the biggest scenario, uh, is that you know say so because you know you look I'm just rereading this here and you know you got one in four uh, for the banking insurance, that, that sounds crazy. Like why would a bank want to be uh, unlicensed? They wouldn't be doing
1: it deliberately though. But a lot of the well, some of them would be, but, what but a lot d- of the time they'll do a rollout of fifty systems and then license for fifty systems. Yes, that's right. The IT guys don't bother to check if there's any more licensing. They'll just roll out another fifty systems when yes, they're asked to. That's right. and
0: I think that's where that's that's the crux of where it's going. I think I think they're saying, yeah, that you've bought fifty licenses, but you've deployed it to two hundred and fifty machines. So therefore well, you
1: wasn't it the was it the um, police Queensland was it the Queensland Health or the Queensland was one of the I wish it was one of the health departments they were using all this software, like this German software or something, they'd been using it for like 15 years or something, but nobody had bothered to renew the license for like the last five years. Yeah, Look I think that might have been Victoria Police. From something like that, yeah. So every memory. single police car, every dispatch officer, everyone who was running the software, mm. they hadn't actually bothered to renew the license in like 10 years on this, or five or 10 years on this bit of software.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's great. I'll tell you what I've noticed. I, you'd be a user of TeamViewer. You like the TeamViewers, TeamViewer, and uh, log me in. Yeah, well, uh, TeamViewers uh, got onto me. They've uh, <laughs> they've given me little uh, pop-ups saying, "Oh, you're using this commercially." Well, maybe, but no, <laughs> I'm not. Like, why do I get these pop-ups? And you got
1: more than two computers on the system. Oh, is that what it is? What happens? You've got to have less once than two... You go over, once you go over two or three, it, it assumes you're using it commercially because you couldn't possibly have two computers in your house these days. No, well, that's what... No, that's right. So, yeah, look,
0: well, I had a big list of people's computers that I'd logged into over time, so I just went through and deleted all them, so hopefully that little pop-up will go away. But they limited you to... or they limited me to now five minutes, and then if I want to log back in after it cuts me off after five minutes, I've got to wait two minutes before I can go back in. Or you just open another account. Yeah, we could do that. I read on the internet somewhere, you know, you can change your your, your network cards i MAC address and all this sort of Mac stuff, address, but yeah. it sounds a bit too yeah, much, Yeah,
1: will be. They don't actually specify, I don't think, what it actually is that triggers it, but there's a certain thing that you do that'll trigger it. Um, whether it's in, whether it's TeamViewer, they've all got the same thing. At some point, they decide that you're a commercial entity. Mm. Look, well, I wouldn't um, mind. Like, I mean, I wouldn't Facebook mi- does the same thing. I wouldn't mind. What do you mean Facebook does the same thing? Uh, one of the groups I'm with, we had a group activity page for the pink run, which is breast cancer awareness um, up at Double Island Point. Every year we do a pink run up there. Hmm. And um, this year, because we had, I don't know, 2,000 people who were going or something, it decided it was no longer a event. It was a commercial, it was a commercial business and it locked the page down. Well, a so page had, or a group? A group? No, the, the event page. Yeah. You know how you create an event? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it decided after we got to like 2,000 people. There's, given, there's like 150,000 members in this group. So when we got to like 2,000 people, it decided that, it, no, it was going to be a commercial event because you couldn't possibly have an event that big um, privately. So it locked the, pay, locked the thing down and it wanted us to pay like $500 to issue it as a, as a commercial right. thing. Yeah, okay. The dirty so scoundrels. Closed it, and We just closed it and said, this time what we're going to do is we're going to add everybody on the group to this page and if you're attending, remove your name from the list. Yeah, well, that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. So we just did it the opposite way. We're just taking everybody off who's going and whoever's name's on there, we know they're not going. Fair enough too, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I was a bit upset. Like with the, with the uh,
0: team viewer, yeah, I would buy... Buy it, but I mean it, it's fifty dollars a month, and I don't yeah. use it that much. I can't. Like if they if they turn around and said ten bucks a month, yeah, okay, hey, or even
1: a, even a per session, yeah, and uh, yeah, well, 10 well
0: cents a uh, or something. Well, e- yes, you're right. Even if it was per session, because then you could build that into your your call cost to uh, to yeah. your customer.
1: Well, you could say, well, remember well, back in the day when you had like Norton Antivirus or you had. Uh, lap... Uh, uh, was it LapLink? LapLink? Was it LapLink? Well, what that was, was between the... two computers. Yeah, but, but... but there was a, before TeamViewer, there was a remote access, and I just can't think what it was called. But when you got stuck, you'd call their help desk, and they'd log in. But before they'd talk to you, they, you'd, you'd have to give them your credit card number, so mm. that at the end of it, they'd bill you for the session. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, I just think that
0: 50 bucks a month is just too much. Um and like you know that's just too much that's what's that a year five hundred six hundred dollars a year that's that's too much for the year you wouldn't use that i wouldn't use that much of it i think if you know if you um yeah that ten bucks a month i'd probably do that but maybe these, yeah so manager of
1: two hundred attended so i'm just looking now i'm betting that's why they um i'm betting that's why they tapped you because you had so many previous sessions in there. Mm. Well, I got rid of them, so let 's see what see how that goes all right uh well, have you got another story will yeah well, talking just quickly of Telstra before um they have won a deal in the same week they failed they 've won a deal to run a hundred and eighty million dollar national cancer cancer register a uh, five year contract with the federal government um Basically, it's maintained and implement a system for managing the cancer screening results of more than 11 million patients. Um, the measure was announced in 2015 in the federal budget with a request for tender. The project was given 150 mil um, and then 30 mil later on. The main feature of the system will be a single petition record that integrates with My Health Records, Medicare and private health providers, creating a single national record for the screening of cervical and bowel cancer. Um, the new system will replace eight separate systems that per state and territory that currently cover the system. So hopefully um, Telstra doesn't fail on this, but <laughs> I, I see why they're doing it. Like currently there's eight separate systems um, per state and territory. Mm. So there's a lot of different systems out there. Um, and some of them are actually still using paper-based systems. Um, wow. So this will, this will integrate it all online, all be in one database. So hopefully uh, it will make records... A lot more reliable uh, and a lot more easier to access. Maybe uh, the pathology service and stuff like that.
0: Maybe the the US Defense Department could look at paper based uh, <laughs> recording. Might be <laughs> they, could, they could write it on their floppy disk. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> they could write it down. You know,
1: put it in a folder, put it on the shelf. <laughs> Manila well, folder. they, they they'll, they'll use Manila folders this year. Next year, we'll upgrade them to the binders.
0: Yeah, well, you, how much, that would save them $60 billion in
1: maintenance. Just do it on paper. <laughs> what a brainwave. Send them an email. Non, what are these isolated, non-network connected... Um, what, how much information could they possibly have to write down? Dead floppy head, Three cleaning, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what else have they got to write? <laughs> yeah. Remove cockroaches from... <laughs> System three. Yeah,
0: you yeah you walk and they go. Oh, they do the you know because the defence, you know, they want to keep keep get the young people in and everything. They got you know they offer free washing of your clothes <laughs> and everything. And you open up the door, you see the the old you know the the roller washing machine. <laughs> you, know, you put, you, <laughs> the put your the mangles. Yeah, you put your washing machine. You wash them in the bowl, and then you pull them out and push them through the two rollers at the top. <laughs> Use oh. the
1: old the old,
0: the old, washboards with the mangles. That's it. I haven't, I haven't seen one of those washing machines for ages. Let me have a
1: look if I can Google one. My, my auntie and my dad both still have them. What? Using them? Yeah. <laughs> for every day? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. we got the old Maytags. Big, like a 44-gallon drum with a big rotor inside. It was a the washer. And, there uh, we go. You just sit there and wash the machine. And then you have the mangle up top, which you'd flick on. And... Uh, yeah, it was um, interesting. Needless to say, they call them mangle for a reason. Let's just say that. Yeah, well, if you got your head stuck or your hand stuck in it, you're finished. Yeah, you, they 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 don't like um, releasing the clothes once they've got in there. I'll tell you that. They're an ama- I mean, they don't get me wrong. The clothes come out and they're bone dry. There's an old school one. There's that's, your old washboard. That's an old one. A, a washboard and a and hand mangle. There's an older one. <laughs> that's the pump. That's Actually, that looks like it's in a pioneer village somewhere. But that's yeah, Bedford Museum. That's pretty neat. That's actually um, that's I can't quite see what that is. That's a washboard. Oh yeah, they got the the copper, the hopper. Uh, What's it called? That's uh, like the
0: the the, the, the washers over in the corner. Is it? Or is that just part of the furniture?
1: That's a that's like a laundry tub. That's where you put your. Is it? I think they call them the copper. You fill them up with water. You take them out. Put them on top of the fire. Heat them up.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so that's. <laughs> That's the old machines, my,
1: yeah. Those Maytags. That's exactly what my my dad and my and my aunty have. Yeah, I remember my uh, grandparents had one of those.
0: And look, here, here's a washboard Will, for you. you. I know you love them. The oh, washboards, yeah, yeah
1: no, neat. no. Oh, and here's I'm, one. Here's one in action.
0: i used them. There you go, one in action.
1: Okay. okay. Have you finished with that story? Doesn't she look excited to be doing the
0: washing? She does. We'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to some stories because uh, I know the guys on the podcast, the podcast on the audio are just going, "Oh, we love the video
1: segments." You <laughs> made the well, video. We're being so damn lazy and get our YouTube views up and then we might make some money and then we can put it to production costs. <laughs> That's right. All right did you We f- only need several million views and we should be able to make 50 bucks. That's right, yeah, if that.
0: Um, <laughs> did you finish your story there with Telstra? Uh,
1: that was your story,
0: wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm going to get on one anyway. <laughs> I'm going to push on. Apple hires Blackphone founder amid an encryption fight. So we all know of the problems that Apple's had with the FBI. So they're, apparently they're, they're thinking, oh well, we've got to secure up. And we can be hacked and cracked. So they're going to secure up. They've hired this guy, John Callis. He co-founded several well-respected secure communication companies, including PGB Corp, a PGP Corp Silent Circle and Blackphone never heard of any of them rejoined Apple in May uh, Callis had worked at, his, at Apple in the 1990s again between 2009 and 2011 interesting year when he left when it when Jobs passed away I wonder if that had anything to do with them when he designed an encryption system to protect stored data stored on a Macintosh so Apple declined to detail his new role now I've got a picture of old John Callis here he is Audio, just pretend a man with a good mustache holding a gun in a dressing gown or something. So Hitler then. <laughs> it looks like Uncle Sam, the bit, doesn't it? What the heck gun is that? It looks like something out of a buddy's
1: space odyssey. Yeah, but that's up that's on his Twitter his Twitter picture. What is that? <laughs> Seriously, it's like steampunk meets beeves and butthead.
0: Yeah, so uh, instant so you know what's saw... his hair? That's his hair over his shoulder. Hey? Is it? Look at his Because yeah. 'Cause I'm thinking <laughs> I'm looking at that photo and I'm, I'm thinking, Oh, it's a bit uh uh John what's his name? Um McAfee. Isn't it, you know? A bit...
1: Okay. No, it makes him look good.
0: Yeah, so there you go. There's uh John Coutts. So anyway, he's back at Apple, for those of you who care. And Apple doesn't want to tell you what he's actually doing there, but he's obviously he's joined there to uh, try and probably figure out how the FBI broke into the phone and maybe try and then patch it. But what's Johnny Ives doing? I thought Johnny was in charge of
1: all this stuff. He was in charge of everything, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, the, Apple these days, is in charge of and there's in charge, and then is just his doing the job. That is his hair. Yeah, it's his hair. I know. That's what I was saying. I'm going to put that
0: back up. So, <laughs> for those on the audio, he's got like a, a an old hat, like a picture of Uncle Sam hat, you know, with the, the tall. I don't know what you call it. Well, it's those not hats.
1: even. It looks like a, it looks like a, it's a got leather sho- hat with beaver skin wrap.
0: Yeah, and it's got shoelaces on it to tie <laughs> it together.
1: It's like a. a co- uh, uh, what did I call that thing? A um co- corset A corset. For his hat. Yeah. It's like a hat corset.
0: And then he's holding some. <laughs> funky space gun or is it a, is it a gun or a drill or something it'd be a gun
1: oh uh, that's some sort of anal probe i think
0: <laughs> and then over his left shoulder is a lowing is a is a is a, a long flowing uh, ponytail so he, he's he's into it he's riding it <laughs> okay uh, oh, so wow. let's see if
1: we can pay anyone else out this week <laughs> okay
0: what uh what else is going on will <clears throat>
1: Well, what, speaking, John? Of, um, speaking of big companies like Microsoft and Facebook, um, they have agreed to jointly build a subsea cable across the Atlantic Ocean to meet growing demand for high-speed internet. The construction of the new Marea cable will begin in August this year and is expected to be completed in October 2017. Um, Marea, I think it's Marae, M-A-R-E-A, Murray will span 6,600 6, kilometres, which is... Um, Isn't that like 10,000 miles? Anyway, and it's the first cable to connect the United States with the Southern Europe. It will be operated and managed by Telefonica's Telecoms Infrastructure Unit, Telexness. Uh, The cable is initially designed to carry 160 terabytes per second. uh, Terabits, sorry, per second. And where does
0: it go? Goes from, where's it going from?
1: Uh, From there to there. It's going from United States with Southern Europe. Yeah. Um, the new cable venture comes nearly two years after Google agreed with five Asian companies to invest $300 million to develop US, to develop and operate a trans-Pacific cable network connecting the United States to Japan. Microsoft has disclosed the financial details, but the company said last year it embarked on a large-scale program. Um, underwater data centers envisioned to be powered by renewable marine energy sources are expected to reduce huge costs associated with cooling data centers, which makes sense. Mm. Um, whether or not they whether or not this is... Well, I suppose that will help us because a lot of our internet at the moment goes into Europe. You can either go into the States or into Europe and then piggyback from there. So I guess if they're joined together, it will help. Although I would be more impressed if I saw it go from, you know, like the the tip of the cape up there somewhere to...
0: Yeah, well, it's not. I suppose it'd probably work the same. Work for us, anyways. Like, because instead of it's definitely going to help. Instead of it, say we not might be using it directly, but where if we can take some pressure off another cable, right? Then that'll free up our cable a bit more. So maybe that will that will help us anyway. It doesn't matter more more wires on the bottom of the ocean. Well,
1: yeah, I mean that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I'm just having a quick look at a at a um. What are they called? A map. That's it. I knew there was a word for it. Oh, one of those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. A paper one? Wow. Well, I was just... Okay. Um, don't use Pinterest because Pinterest wants you to sign up before it'll let you even look at an image now. So tell me, because I don't use Pinterest, but tell me... No, neither, neither had I. Well, I used, I kind of use it for looking at stuff, but now before you can even look at an image, it wants you, hey, you must sign up. So but well, what's, no, what's the difference between Pinterest and Instagram? Uh, not a lot.
0: To be honest, I'm not missing so, nothing. So I'm
1: just looking at the moment. So it kind of goes. Looks like at the moment it runs between. Um, looking at that map, looks like it's somewhere around Miami,
0: yeah.
1: either, either Miami or Washington, just depending on roughly. But it looks like they're coming from that sort of coast, into probably. Well, where are they coming into from there? Then they're going to be coming into what? Island. Yeah, island. That the only thing around that area is like Ireland, France, Ireland, France, Spain, or Portugal. Sort of the only things in that general area. Just looking at the map quickly.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Look, more more...
1: cable will kind of help us a bit. It'd be better if they ran a cable from like Darwin to like Indonesia cuz Indonesia's already wired something insane so if we just ran a cable from like Darwin to like Singapore it would be a set I'd rather if they ran a cable
0: from Rabina to San yes. Francisco
1: <laughs> and then uh, I'd be sweet I'd be happy if they fired a couple of satellites in that general direction that would do yeah, just
0: just anything just to get it faster. Well, you know we we're, we're no no sign of the NBN yet or HFC or whatever we're going to supposed to be getting. But I'm holding out that we will have it next year because we, we've got to have it before these Commonwealth Games. Everyone's going crazy up here about Commonwealth oh, yeah. Games and getting stuff done and all this sort of stuff. So you don't want you don't want dial up. You know, when people come over, they won't be able to use their phones. They'll be chugging along.
1: Uh, oh, here's is um, it? Yo, are you finished, Will? Sorry. Yeah, no, i finish that one. I was going to go on. We're talking about how the US government's spending money on its uh, upgrades. Um, Northern Territory is sinking $186 million into its largest ever clinical system's replacement. Oh, it's what? Um, and the Northern Territory government has committed $186 million to be the replacement of four of its critical clinical systems with a single integrated patent information database, um, which will be accessible by any of the territory's hospitals, and medical centres. The core clinical system renewal program will take five years and represents a uh, comprehensive overhaul of the health system. Um, it'll deliver the norm to doctors and clinics, clinic, clinician. wow, that's spelled spelt that. I think it's supposed to be clinicians. Oh, so that don't know. word. I a word. Or well, clinicians. Um, yeah, I think that's a word. A clinician. This doesn't look right. Uh, they're giving a single view. So basically, they're integrating data that's currently stored into four different systems. CareSys, the clinical workstation system, the primary care information system, and the community care information system. Um, so although they probably really need to talk to Telstra and go, Hey, <laughs> yes, um, are you guys doing this or are we doing this? Because it's just funny that this story came out the same day that Telstra is also supposed to be doing the same job. So, oh, you know, um... duplication, <laughs> it, we
0: love it, we love it, Nothing we like love redundancy, we love duplication. No, we like paying for it as well. We just can't get enough of it. I want to triplicate everything. Uh, now Harvey Norman, is <laughs> the word for the day? Triplicate. Don't take a pill and triplicate. <laughs> Don't you be that triplicator. <laughs> <laughs> trouble
1: the trouble with triples.
0: I've triplicated that. Now Harvey Norman, uh, look, this is not a bad idea. Uh, actually, it's uh, they offer they they're coming at they started now. You can do this now in the in metros, uh, three hour delivery. Pretty good, isn't it? Customers can schedule a delivery for small appliances, consumer electronics, and small goods between 7am and 10pm weekdays. Now, deliveries start $11.53 live GPS track. Their deliveries are move Harvey Norman, Gary Wheelhouse. Bet you he, wants to see, he sits in a wheelhouse. He said uh, he's steering big Harvey Norman around you know, the financial pits of GST and stuff. Uh, said it was an Australian first for the market. So, look, I think this is good. I think this is a good idea. You know, instead of them whinging and moaning about the internet tax or the internet, no internet GST, this is what people pay for. This is why stuff like this, I believe, would make you go into Harvey Norman and say, listen, if I can get that uh, thing delivered in three hours, go into a shop, by the time you get home, have a cup of coffee, scratch your head, for whatever reason because it was itchy and it'll be there. It turns up on the front door. How good's that? Because, um, look, I, I don't know, Will, but I reckon, Do you? are you starting to go through, when you look at something on eBay, something relatively cheap, You, I go through now and say, okay, there might be thousands of them over in Hong Kong, but I start looking for the Australia, if there's one in Australia
1: because mm. it, it, it takes like two days to get here rather than two it, months. It, it depends. It depends. If it's something I want, relatively soon yeah i do um but there's a lot of air freight that comes over from china in three days as well so it really depends and it also depends how much the thing is like, i'll give you an example now i'm working on a 3d printer at the moment and i've just bought the arduino uh, the arduino mega the um ramps controller board and the reprap drivers for it so to buy those here even the the cheapest, like the ripoffs of the, the copies of all three, um, the cheapest I was going to get out of it was about a hundred bucks here. Yeah, the, the same thing I got from China, and I only had to wait a week to get it. Um, cost me seven dollars. Mm. So when there's that much discrepancy, no, I'm going to get it from China. When there's, you know, if that was uh, if that was seven dollars in China and fifteen bucks here, I'd, I'd spend the fifteen bucks and buy it. Yes, but when it's that much of a discrepancy, no way I'm buying it locally. They're no, not greedy.
0: No, yeah, not if you're going to be if it's going to be a big, big
1: difference. Uh, but but stuff- yeah, if if it's something that I I don't you know if I want it relatively soon and it's not a huge discrepancy in price, hmm. yeah, absolutely, I'll buy it locally. I always always said that. I've always I'll always try to shop locally. At, like even in my stores, I'll go down to my local computer store or I'll go down to my grocer and I'll buy stuff from there or even JCar if I have to and I'll get stuff from there. If it's not stupidly more expensive, and if it's not, I'll buy it from there. If mm-hmm. it's two, three, four times the price, well, no, not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Well, I go to the local hardware <clears> store <throat> rather than go to Bunnings or Masters because, you know, it's a little... We don't have one, unfortunately, but I'd prefer to. Yeah, you know, the guys are there and you get more of a, a, a personalised, you know, oh, how you going? You know, blah, blah, what you been up to? Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I just getting back to the story, out. they ship it. Oh, um, good thing with that milk too. How do? You, what
1: do you think about that milk that they're doing? You know, well, that... I, never bought, I never bought cheap milk anyway, so that's never been – I only ever buy the um, – we've got a dairies and we've got uh, scenic cream dairy and a few others here, and I've always bought their milk anyway. Mainly, it's unpasteurised as well, so it's better for you as well. But, um, yeah, yeah well, I've never bought the cheap milk, same as I don't buy supermarket bread, exactly the same reason. Yeah, right, because I know uh, things like that, I get me my little gander
0: up about uh, caged eggs. I don't buy caged eggs. I like uh, free-ranged.
1: Um, yeah, but most, 90% of the free-range are still caged. Uh, it just means they're not individually caged. That's right, that's right. But... They're still normally in a cage. There is, there's barn, there is, barn laid... That's or... right. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's actual free-range, which is laid out in the wild, and then there's barn laid, which is still just a giant cage, and then there's normal battery eggs. So... Well, the battery works. The, the problem know. is... You can't go by price because a lot of the barn laid eggs are exactly the same price as the free range eggs. But you've got to get, if if you are going to do it, you really need to get the actual proper free. And they taste so much better too. Yeah, all they do because I think the
0: yeah because like poor chooks in a little battery like that's so cruel. I well I think that's really cruel. I don't like that. So yeah, we get this. Well, well, hopefully it makes us feel good. So we are getting what we think is the is the right one. So you know it makes makes that warm fuzzy feeling inside your belly. Now getting back to RV Norman, how do we get on the so chickens? Does, <laughs> so does chili, but you anyway. <laughs> know. How do we get on the chickens from Harvey Norman's three uh, three hour delivery? Uh, uh Jerry probably grows chickens somewhere. Hey, probably. Now, ship it.
1: It's a Sydney-based delivery. That's how we shipping it. We ship them with chickens. we putting them in a cannon and firing them out. Chicken <laughs> cannons, right. and they're gliding into the your door. Don't oh, need quadcopters when we're using chickens.
0: I was just no, going gonna... <laughs> to say, um, yeah, so ship it. It's a Sydney-based delivery startup that launched in February 2015, signed a deal with Australia Post last month, giving it access to the postal network, and it's delivering... So that price will double next week. Probably. And it's delivering its three-hour Harvey Norman deliveries through an arrangement
1: with Bonds Couriers. Uh, I... Now... Hey? The biggest problem I have with this, when was the last time you went to Harvey Norman that actually had that thing you wanted available? <laughs> I don't go in Harvey Norman. 90, 90, <laughs> just, just quietly. Everything I've bought from Harvey Norman, other than small stuff like, you know, laptops or small things, mm. even PCs with the PCs, lounges, fridges, microwaves, whatever, everything I've bought from Harvey Norman, they've got, oh, can you come back? You know, we can, we can ship that out to you or you can come back in three days and pick it up. We've got to get it from the warehouse. Yes. But the, normally so, there's a warehouse around, isn't there? Well I don't know it takes three days from to get it. yeah yeah because what I bought uh, wait a minute, yeah well look five three years ago bought, bought
0: some a stove and a, a range hood from Old Harvey and had to go to the warehouse. but I suppose being Gold Coast there, there was a warehouse on the Gold Coast because uh, it probably, yeah, probably services three stores, I'd say. Something like that. But, uh, but you know, but again, like, small purchase, consumer electronics, you're not probably going to buy a TV from Hong Kong, are you, over the internet? Well, unless you go through Kogan. Well, was um, to say, <laughs>
1: if you buy through Kogan, you are
0: anyway. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, but, look, even Harvey, that's a leg up on Kogan even, isn't it? Because he's just a normal, you know, and if you want something like that, I reckon that's pretty good. Look, we'll put Harvey Norman's little thing up. There you go. Uh, all right, now think. Oh, look, I've got another, I've got another one here. We'll quickly go through because it's a quick one. Uh, emails do not the Do Not Call Register has inadvertently disclosed two thousand email addresses. or well, no thousands more than two thousand thousands of email addresses were exposed in an email sent on behalf of the Do Not Call Register, uh, which, as you know, is a free service operated by the Australian Communication Media Authority. In an email. The uh, authority informed about a planned service outage scheduled for the 25th of May. Now, the email contained more than 2,000 email addresses in the to field. That's a pretty basic uh, fail, isn't it?
1: Uh, there's there's CC, then there's BCC. There's BCC for a reason. <laughs>
0: That's right. Use it. Do you think it's probably about time that, you know, if if you start putting more than 10 addresses in the to field, can't they put... Are you sure you uh, want
1: to... By default, though, once you do two or three, it'll freak out. But they're probably using custom software,
0: yes, Um, yeah. Because, yes, uh,
1: that I think we must have been on that at work. Because since about Friday last week or week before, sorry, um, we've been getting 30 or 40 spam emails a day, whereas prior to that, we weren't getting any. So I reckon our email address must have been on that.
0: Yeah, could have been. You'd have to get on that Have I Been pawned? website. Maybe they will they can tell you on that. Yeah, I don't think that's that current. Oh, isn't it? It was all right. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: Because they've got to wait until that list becomes available so they know what was on it.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They they try and get it. Uh, what else have you got, Will? Anything else this week? Windows
1: 10. Oh, hmm. that's my last story too. Fine, I'll use another one then. No, no. That's all I, right. I can. Doesn't I got plenty more. It doesn't worry me. Oh, okay. We'll whip another one out. The Turnbull government, because we know how great they are, has forcibly removed any reference to Australia from the new UN report. The federal government has the nation axed from the UNESCO report on climate change and world heritage sites. Every reference to Australia has been scrapped from the final version of the eighty-seven page report, which detailed the impact of global warming on thirty-one natural and man-made world heritage sites. The initial World Heritage and Tourism and Changing Climate Report included a key chapter in the Great Barrier Reef, Kakadu and Tasmanian Forests. But The Australian Department of Environment made sure every mention of Australia was removed, even though it lists other sites in the Pacific region. So why were we removed? Because how else are they supposed to put a tourist destination right in the middle of the the Great Barrier Reef if it's listed as endangered? Oh. Yeah. Purely know. money. It's the know. only reason they've done it. How funny Um, is it watching the... Sorry, keep going. I'll I'll get on my tangent in a minute. I was going to say, that's the only reason I can possibly think of they've done it because everyone knows it's relatively in trouble. Everyone knows that things like Kakadu and and all that (laughs) are prime spots for tourists and while ever it was being listed as heritage or environmentally impacted, they couldn't do anything with it. So as soon as they remove them off the list, guess what? It's free reign to everybody. Yes. Well, I forget where I was going now, but um, I'll move on. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, what I... Yeah, you're talking about... Yeah, da da
1: da da While you're thinking, uh, in that speeds have become a big issue in the election campaign, giving renewed energy calls, two calls for the establishment of broadband monitoring systems to allow customers to better understand and compare the performance of their broadband service. Monitoring programs are up and running in the UK, US, Singapore, New Zealand... And Canada, but the push to establish similar systems... And they hate it when I say it like that. Push similar systems in Australia has taken time. A pilot program trial... Trilidad? Tr- 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 Trilidad? Tr- 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 wow, that's not even a word. That word's supposed to be trialed by the Australian Com- Competition and Consumer Commission uh, in September monitored the fixed-line internet between... Wow, proofreading, guys, seriously. The fixed-line internet connection take out three words of about 90 Melbourne house fans was deemed a success by the completion watchdog That's competition. Wow. They have completely screwed this article up. The program used, they must've been typing on a slow net connection. Um, The program used (laughs) network probes to access key performance, blah, blah, blah. The AAA triple C's pilot program last year demonstrated that there are no major technical hurdles in the way of implementing a program in Australia. Currently it's difficult for the average Australian customer who's experiencing problems with the broadband connection to understand the source of the problem. Nor is there an easy, robust way for consumers to compare speeds and reliability between ISPs. Um, but basically, the program is designed to paint a picture of network performance across the different ISPs on the market. Um, the Australian Triple C is long. Um, so basically, what they're saying is that um, at the moment, as I think we we're talking about this other week, at the moment, they can say, oh, our NBN is going to be. You know fifty down and a hundred or fifty yeah. up and a hundred down, yeah, but that currently is based on the theoretical availability of the clouds aligning and you know shooting stars and planetary interaction um, but not actual real world performance so the way this is going to work is what they're going to do is they're going to basically that's opt in obviously, but everybody who's on a particular um in internet connection they give you monitoring or access to monitoring. So it'd be, it'd be like a, a glorified version, of the speed test by the sounds of it. And you, it regularly does this particular test for a certain amount of time and they data log all the connections of this particular ISP and all the connections of this ISP in this location. And they actually will put you, that up. So when you go, what is the actual speed of my internet connection in my area? Yeah, They'll go, okay, you're on ADSL2. So your actual speed in your actual area... You're looking at one meg up, twenty meg down, so that when you get your ADSL2 and you have 256k up and three meg down, you then can ring them up and go, "Excuse me, what's you going know, you on? Drop the ball, fix mm. it." So yeah. and and conversely, they go, "Oh yeah, you'll get you know you'll get a hundred down and fifty up all day." Well, yeah, but here it says in my area, I'm actually going to get forty down and about ten up. They can't go, "Oh well, you know." So. <clears throat> This is something that I think really needs to happen to to really get the ISPs to wake up because currently they don't care because they there is no recourse for what they're doing. they do. They can right. say any speeds they want because it's all theoretical. Oh well, look, just um, look at Telstra. They
0: they are taking the piss, aren't they? Really, seriously. With their, their downs and outs and bloody, I have a free data oh, day. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Just,
1: just well, as, as I said, you know, uh, that's that's getting to the point now where they are slowly starting to be held accountable, and I don't yeah. think they quite know what to do about it. Like spend a billion, get your crap sorted. Because look what happened with Vodafone.
0: You know, they they fell over in a bundle. It's taken them a while to rebuild. Uh, mm. If they have, I think they they might be pretty much on their way now. But they, they had to the right, spend a billion. They spent a billion well and a billion as well yeah, but this is the sort of stuff they should be doing anyway like just as as a, as a natural maintenance and f- progression you know they should be just updating stuff and that I don't
1: they've know. gone on to do they've gone on to do a report for the uh, ISP uh, the the upgrades the integrations the speed updates the NBN rollouts the whole lot they've basically gone through and they put a plan in place saying that the Consumer focused government body says the cost of a program is modest. If a program were to say were to be implemented at the moment, it would equate to 15 cents per broadband per con- connection per year, is mm. what it was going to cost to roll the NBN out nationwide, not just to the 85 85% or whatever it is, but actually nationwide is going to cost 15 cents on every connection that's already active. Mm. So they're saying, Well, what's the big deal? Just absorb the fifteen cents, pay that into like a trust fund, and make it happen. Anything to do with the government is hard work, and that's for sure. Well, and the problem is, it's not just the government. There's a lot of private entities involved in this now, and they're just as they, mm. they've got just as little responsibility as the government does. Nobody's got. There's no the buck doesn't stop anywhere. It just, gets no, it just keeps along, going and around that's and That's the problem. Area. Yeah, whatever that continues to happen. It, it's not gonna get any better, you know, like hmm. the 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 telecommunication telecommunication ombudsman they couldn't have used bigger words <laughs> um is has had more complaints so far this year than in the previous five years. Right. Yeah right. So against um performance of household broadband. So yeah. just in the first four months of this year five months of this year. Yeah they've had more more complaints than in the previous five years combined. Maybe you should just write a letter. Just keep
0: hammering them. They charge per page. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, Last story. Well, for me at least. Forced Windows 10 installation upgrades. Now, I don't know if you've been hit with one of these, which I think this is pretty poor. Microsoft is, as we know, offering the free upgrade to Windows 10. If you've got (laughs) 7.8.8.1. Uh, until the 29th of July, when supposedly it's going to finish, what's been advertised and it's all intents and purposes is going to finish on the 29th of July. Then you'll have to fork out about 170 odd bucks to go and buy it if you want to update. Now Windows 10 changed from being an optional update to a recommended update in February this year. Now it means that the operating system would install automatically. For Windows 7 and 8.1 with automatic updates turned on, so most people have automatic updates turned on. So therefore, you, most people, (laughs) would. I know. (laughs)
1: First thing I do when I get a system is turn it off. No, don't do that. Keep in (laughs) mind. No, no, turn it off. But like manual. Do the manual update, but don't let it do automatic update. Oh, I'll let it do automatic. That's all right. It's no, only security. That's, that's why every Thursday night we're going to wait an hour for you because that's when the updates happen. <laughs> well, well,
0: yeah, that's, that's the only downside. But for security <laughs> and everything, well, you've got to make sure you do it. Yeah, a, yeah. yeah. No,
1: you still do the updates. You, there's nothing wrong with the security rollout updates. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is you can't specifically choose to automatically update those. So you turn automatic updates off, you click on notify me when updates are available, and then it pops up a thing, and then you actually get to choose which ones you want to install. So I don't install certain things. Like I won't install um, an inbox updated driver because it'll break my inbox. I won't install a couple of bits and pieces because I know they break. So uh, that's every system I set up, I set up to manually install updates. And this is an exact reason why I do it, because they're turning into Apple. Now, since February and
0: this auto auto update rollout thing, uh, the Windows 10 has surpassed more than 300 million users. Uh, since it was launched in September, so that's, uh, it's got up quite a kick-along after being changed to auto-update. Now, the operating system, uh, yes, as I said, will expire, free update on 29th of July. Now, problem being, is, and why this shouldn't be happening, is and you can turn it off, as Will said. You can also
1: uh, auto-update. Yeah, if you click the the cross. There's a big red there's a big yeah. red box, big red cross in the top right. If you click that, it'll still install. If you click the actual X on the window, it will close the window. Because yes, because apparently the dialog box or the window yeah. is
0: saying well, you've signed up for auto updates. This is going to update to Windows 10, um yeah. happy updating and you go no, I don't want that to happen, so you close the box. But that's not
1: stopping the update. You're yeah, just closing you click, the if box. If you click the X, it is closing the notification, not the actual update. Mm. If you actually shut the X, it, it like the normal way you would close a browser window or anything, the actual X in the top right corner, if you click on that, it will actually stop, stop it. Yeah, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, but what I was going to say is... Just give me two seconds for one sec. I just got to... I need a secretary. now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I was going to say is, look, I've been out to plenty of places that, and I've done plenty of updates to Windows Ten, which I've had to roll back, and a hundred percent is on laptops because mm. you know uh, Toshiba's were the ones that that can't, that I've noticed to be probably the worst. Uh, you update the Windows Ten, function keys don't work, you know, and all the little laptopy, you know, funky keys that they put on, they don't work because there's no driver for them,
1: so. This is crazy. Why does Microsoft force this onto people? And, and then they—it's it, also slower on an older system. It is noticeably slower. Um, we've got a little tablet that I use in the car at work for a portable um, point of sale and stuff like that. On Windows Seven, it, it's—I mean, it was on XP originally. It was blindingly fast on XP, but I lost the install for that, so I had to put it on Seven, um, and it's fine. I mean, but it's, uh, it's serviceable. Yeah. But it auto updated to Windows Ten, and it actually got to the point where I would click on Chrome to launch Chrome, it would take seven minutes to load the browser. There's something going on with your installs. (laughs) No, because this is an older system that's designed to run on XP. It didn't actually have... The drivers for the SSD it didn't have the drivers for the video. It didn't, these were not available in Windows 10, and yet mm. it automatically did the update because it passed the compatibility. Even though there were no drivers for these products.
0: Yes, well, well, yes, yes, that is that that's a that is a problem. Seven and a half minutes is a bit crazy, but if you do find yourself auto updated, you can roll back. But geez, what a hassle! Like seriously, yeah, what, just what a, what don't, a hassle! Just don't...
1: Yeah. And it's, it's it's the Apple approach. And it, it pissed off everyone in Apple, so now Microsoft's trying it. Mm. Oh, we've just rolled out a new operating system. Here, have it. Oh, you don't want it? No, no. I mean have it. You don't have a choice. Just take it.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't know you what know the answer is. Like, obviously, they want to move everyone to Windows 10 because it's obviously a lot, lot easier and more economical to <laughs> uh, just service one operating system. You
1: know why they want to do it? Because if you look at the way Windows 10's function, every time you search or every time you uh, have two-way involvement with your computer, whether it's searching, whether it's browsing, whatever, it uses Bing as the back end. So every search you do, even if it's... you you know, At the moment, if you go to your start start bar and you click on search, it'll search for the programs in your start bar on your computer. Under Windows 10, if you do that, it still does the same thing, but it uses Bing. So every time they do that, they get ad revenue from Bing. So this is exactly why they want everybody to go to Windows 10 because of the Bing integration, because it's so flawless and so behind the scenes, you don't even realize... You're supporting Bing. Bing is rubbish. Yeah, it says I know, it. but that's why they want you to do it. Look, let, I'll I'll show you an example
0: if I can, and then we'll we'll get out of here uh, if I can. Let me put the screen up for you. So, wow, no. I haven't even used that in a long time. It's changed. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so there's Google. So I'll go Bing. Okay. Now I've tried to <laughs> I've tried to um Bing. Now say so I've tried to use this a few times to find stuff. Say I want to find. I don't know, say I want to find an NVIDIA uh, driver, I don't know, for a G, I'll just make one up, I'll go GTX 770, right, I'll go Enter, let's see what happens. Oh, that might not be too bad of a result, (laughs) but anyway, but, but see, so it comes up, and yeah, look, that doesn't look too bad, but now if we go into Google, it's still too complicated. If we go into Google and see what it looks like, what was it, a GT? Ah, I've missed, lost my search now. GTX 770, Google. Google. So, NVIDIA. Maybe I I was too specific.
1: Maybe I should be less specific. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, though, because it's exactly the same problem I have. Let's try, hang on, sorry. Vanity searches are always good to compare. um, Okay,
0: let's do a vanity search. And see what happens.
1: I oh, saw so it's Aussie Techheads and it brought up your home address, is that Oh, Oh Where did you get that <laughs> from? Bing.
0: How's Bing know? Okay, so there's. <laughs> so there, there, there's, uh, okay, Glenn Goodman, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Does it sort of mention Aussie Techheads? No, not really. No. So it's more concerned about this poor cop of the same name that got shot or something.
1: If you actually type Aussie TechHeads, the first result in Bing is your address.
0: So, <laughs> so, but if I type in Google, Google, so nowhere did it mention Aussie TechHeads.
1: If you do it Aussie TechHeads in Google, the first one that comes up is the website.
0: Yeah, that's what expect. I mean, yes.
1: Website, YouTube, Twitter, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Facebook, Oz Podcast, ATH, web hosting, everything you expect to come up. You do the same thing in Bing. Bing, the first one that comes up is your home address and then the website and then YouTube and then Twitter and then Facebook. So I got some funky stuff because Google didn't give me all, any of that anyway.
0: It gave me something similar to Bing. What's going on?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Probably skewed the results because using the same browser for both searches so the caching would be messed up. Do you reckon? you got to do them in two independent browsers, yeah. Okay.
0: But anyway, point, point is that uh, Bing is too hard to uh to work out. Oh look, there it is. It is my old address. I'll have to change that. All <laughs> right. <laughs> That's
1: not bad. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, that'll do us, Will. Are you finished? Uh yeah, uh, there's an interesting read if you're interested on you like following uh what's happened with Uber, the taxi company we all know and love. Well most of us do anyway. Um there's an interesting article on how they're planning to sue the Palaje government for seven hundred and eighty six thousand. Um so I won't go into that now, but if you do check that out, because it's actually quite an interesting read. And, of course, they're doing it via public peer pressure the same way they do everything else. Mm. So check that out. Oh, I've got, I got a
0: review up on uh, the Bing Aussie Tech Eds. What's it say? Oh, there you go. Oh, good cold beer here. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Oh, look, it's getting dark. How is that? Started started in the bright light. Now it's all dark and spooky. Yeah.
1: I turned the light on earlier. I thought
0: about that. Actually, <laughs> the picture doesn't look too bad. It's, it's just... grainy, but other than that, it's not too bad. Mm. All right, cool. All right, thanks for thanks for coming in on us at the afternoon, Will, and uh, giving, no, us, giving us your best. Uh, hopefully see you again soon. What is that?
1: Magnifying glass? Magnifying. Oh, yeah, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lighting. One, so you
0: can see when you're working on things. Oh, nice, nice. Good stuff. All right, so that will do us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And thanks for downloading or however you get us. Uh, just thanks. And uh, sorry it was late, but it might be a little bit over the place for the next eight weeks. So we'll see how that goes. But hopefully there will be one per week. Uh, we've got to keep you up to date. And uh, it's always good to go through the news and see what's going on. So until next time, it's bye from me. And I'm sure it's uh, a goodbye from Will. See you, Will. What about the two Ronnie's? See you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: See ya.